you know, yeah. next time I do the interview, it'll probably be, you gained 30 pounds <laughs> in three <laughs> hours. How did you do it, Mark? <laughs> Tell me the bloody story. Right. Uh, I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking. So did you actually see, did Father Stu the movie come out yet? Uh, I don't know. Let me check is it coming out? I think it's coming out soon. From what I, I don't have a mouse right now. I'm Matt Fred got, got a pre-view um, of it when he sat down with uh, Wahlberg to talk about it. Yeah, it was That's him like, and a bunch of them. He did like a little tour. Um, yeah, he it, did. And it's coming on the 12th, so it's still. 12th. Yeah, so at least it's the 13th. 13th. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah so no, apparently we're not big enough for... Um, for distrib- for distribution to get you know Marky Mark on the show talking about yeah. fathers too. But- Next, hey hey hey, he said in a lot of his interviews, he's like, this is the start of me using the platform to like like being a movie star to uh, to start kind of pu- pushing more things into the kind of religious religious mm-hmm. content. Um, and so maybe I mean, if he's being honest, and maybe there'll be a couple more kind of like religious yeah. focused content movies that he's going to try to produce and and get out there. But hey. Depending on how long he does that, maybe, maybe, maybe the day will come. Maybe where Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, or maybe just Marky Mark, not the Funky yeah. Bunch. <laughs> okay, probably so, all godless so, seasons. So this is so. Fu- what's funny was um how what was funny was how um Fred changed the name of the episode because he at the beginning had the name the episode where he sat down with Wahlberg. Um, he had it. Um, Fred's very awkward interview with. Mark Wahlberg. That was the original title of the video, or it was Why like it was that? his awkward, like it was like Fred's it like parentheses awkward interview with Matt, Mark Wahlberg. Did you get the vibe that it was awkward? Because I kind of got the vibe that it was a little awkward. Like I mean, Fred, I got Fred thought that whole whole video was just completely awkward. Initially, I, I, he changed it, but I, I mean, there must have been a lot of stuff that was edited out or something. I don't know, but I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought it was awkward. Sure. Not like I mean, it didn't have to be like I like it didn't have to be weird or strange. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, from like what what I the video that I watched of it, it looked pretty good. Oh, it looked good. Like it. Yeah. I mean, Mark Wahlberg made the you know did the Australian accent, but like who cares? <laughs> like that was kind like of is Matt Frad really that big for his britches that he's like not thick skinned enough to deal with that? Like who cares? You'll be the racist against us Australians, they aren't you, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, he's a movie star. He's an actor. Let him act. <laughs> um, Even and then, later on, uh, he plays. We, one of his faith-based shows is playing as Matt Fred. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Matt Fred starts his company. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that, like, you, like you can't go into that thinking like, oh yeah, Mark, Mark is gonna be Mark Wahlberg. He's just gonna be the tradiest. He's he's the next Mel Gibson. He's trad as tragic. Like, you can't go into that interview thinking that this guy is doing anything that a, like. A press circuit but he doesn't want to do a press circuit with all the mainstream media people mm-hmm. he probably will do some of that but i mm-hmm. mean the main people that are going to watch the movie are going to be people who are hitting up or listening into things like matt frad and other things like that um to get you know more tickets sold and all that but you can't like think like you're interviewing mark Wahlberg and you're like yeah let's talk to him about the trad things and like yeah. men like forget let's like what do you think about like not that wasn't a bad thing i thought mm. that was a great question but like like what do you think about men like why why did yeah, he a lot of men it was weird he took a weird angle at it. like he can't like matt frad seemed adversarial like he came into really it. yeah interesting I thought, 
That's why I think if it was if if you felt it was awkward at all, I think it was Matt Frad's fault. Okay, you heard it because this guy was on as his guest. You th- oh, interesting to promote a movie. Yeah. yeah could possibly be crappy could possibly be really good i don't know um, I'll, I'll probably i mean i'm gonna see it when it comes out it's really yeah, hard so that's kind of ugh. i mean yeah uh, but i mean i'm not saying i don't like mark, mark Wahlberg very much like i don't think he's like awesome or anything like that but i mean when you have you know you're on your home turf this guy's coming in to like just promote this thing and he's willing to talk like i mean he's the diet version of catholic don't go at him with both barrels. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should have done for the Bible in the Year episode. <laughs> like, just like, yeah, no, that would that's rude. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I completely agree that it was adversarial though. Um, I think the reference to the woke thing. I don't think Wahlberg appreciated that as much mm-hmm. because, well, to be fair though, a lot of Christian movies are pretty pre- can be preachy, mm-hmm. um, and I also you know woke movies can also be preachy. Um, but I just, it felt like the vibe I got was Wahlberg came in with trying to essentially promote the movie and he's using mm-hmm. Matt Frad's platform to promote this movie, which is like pretty straightforward because you saw in this other, other interview he did with these other podcasters, yeah. I forget who they were as like the husband and wife or the woman, man and woman yeah. team. Who oh. boy, were they squishy? Oh. I didn't. I didn't watch all of it as oh, much as they were. I didn't get all they were very sweet people. They were kind. They were. They, they seemed like nice people. Okay, um, <laughs> but he's in the exact same set, right? So they just yeah. have these lined up. He's got the same clothes <clears throat> yep. on. He's in the same set. He's yep. just going through bang, 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 bang. He's just saying essentially the same thing. Yep, yep. Um, which is fine, you know. It's, that's what you got to do. Um, I think what Frad tried to do in that interview was more like what he does. I don't mean, I guess maybe Fred didn't quite, I think Fred understood, but I don't think he instituted what kind of an episode he was doing yeah. because when he was talking to, to Mark Wahlberg about um, his prayer routine, mm-hmm. um, Wahlberg didn't seem to know what to say because Wahlberg's response to that was incredibly vague where it's like every morning I get up on my hands and knees and pray. It's okay. Well, well, he actually, so he's done like video, he's done like his own, not like mm-hmm. podcasts, but his own like life vlog videos before and like mm-hmm. preparation for certain movies. And he re- he does a pretty, he has like a pretty well documented um, daily routine that he's like, like he's disseminated mm-hmm. <clears throat> because like he does work, he works out every single day. He, he, work, wakes he up, works, Marky Mark works. Yeah, he wakes <laughs> up at like, like 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, every single day. Uh, and like he, he talks about, he talks about like, uh, in that other interview with the, mm-hmm. the couple, he mm-hmm. talks about like, they're like, Hey, what book would you suggest? Like, what's this book suggestion that you would, you know, give to, you know, people, whatever. And he says like the, um, the read, like something like 365 days of readings or I can't remember Interesting. what it was. Okay. Um, and he said, he said that what he does every morning is he wakes up, he prays um, like just like privately. And then, uh, and then he reads from that, the daily reading. Uh, and then he meditates on that and then he goes and works out. So like he, like I said, like in, I mean, in all the new interviews I watched and then historically, like he has a pretty red, like when he was doing the super secular kind of like, this is my workout routine. I wake yeah. up, I pray, I read, and then I go to, and I go lift. Mm-hmm. And like, that was his thing. And he eats like X amount of times a day. Like, <clears throat> so, I mean, as far as a movie star, he's pretty accessible in figuring out at least what he's willing to tell people. I mean, I don't, you, don't, you never know how much everything is true, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's put a crap ton of money in on a, movie about a catholic priest like, yeah that's true i mean that's fairly true not, I'm fairly not true. that is true i'm not i'm not necessarily prepared to just like 
say that he's got wicked intentions for something. You know? Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 that's not it at all. I just thought the interviews were just very odd. <laughs> like, it's just like he seemed like Wahlberg himself also seemed like really freaking tired in those videos. Yeah, he seemed like he was he, he probably was. did. He probably did it for like two days all yeah. day. Yep. Oh, just sitting did. down talking. And then if he's waking up at four, he's probably still exhausted. Yeah, but I don't know. I really do want to see it. Um, I'm glad they're they're coming out with this. Um, I think it just it leads into a bigger question that I've always had and thought about, uh, which is how do we as I guess as Catholics react and think about um, Catholicism being portrayed in the just regular culture? Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes off of two things that I've been thinking about. Uh, one of them was it was J.D. Flynn, who's from The Pillar, um, made this point about the about Catholicism in America still very much having like an immigrant mentality um, and the constant thought of like, have we made it yet as an immigrant group? And so that when there are these public figures who are Catholic, who appear in the popular culture, like the Bing Crosby's, you know, Mark Wahlberg, people like that, we really latch on to that. Um, and that's really like a big deal for us because it's like, it's always a reaffirming aspect of like, we've made it as an immigrant group starting, you know, like with the Irish, uh, some of the Germans and then the Italians, right now Hispanics. Um, and so I think that's always an interesting dynamic <laughs> to think about. And I also pair that with, uh, I was talking to a friend from Italy and um, we were talking about Catholicism and she was like, I figured we we're talking about like this individual is Catholic and she like paused and she's like, but in Italy, we're all Catholic. And it was interesting seeing the different dynamic where with us, we have a little bit of the, like the one of us, one of us, like kind of mentality with these different uh, celebrities. Um, but then like with her experience in Italy, and obviously not everyone in Italy is, is Catholic, but you know, it's like, Oh, this famous singer is like, is Catholic. It's like, no, that's, that's kind of like par for the course. Like that's not anything special. Like that's, normal and for us it's like oh this one famous singer is catholic like, wow that's really cool um and so i, I this isn't to like be like oh we shouldn't be having catholic media and the catholic stuff in the media and in the regular that you know non-catholics can see blah, blah blah like that like we need to be isolated like amish or something uh that's not to say it at all it's just i wonder if sometimes none of us, none <laughs> of us. Yeah, exactly i wonder if sometimes though we get a little <laughs> bit too wound up in the wow this celebrity is catholic isn't that cool and um i was actually it kind of made me a little depressed i was thinking about it because you know like joe biden's the second u.s catholic president and i was thinking to myself i'm like yeah he like is but like technically if like mitt romney was president he'd probably be more in line with church teaching publicly (laughs) like ouch <laughs> right like yeah. That, like yeah fine joe biden carries a you know a rosary in his pocket wherever he goes great good good glad you do it like don't forget to use it um but like I, but then you're like okay but like yeah we can make this to do about oh we've got these catholics in the culture it's like okay well yes but also i mean i want to say it doesn't i don't quite get what i'm i don't quite know what i'm getting at here but part of me wonders if we give too much focus to specific Catholics when they're in the spotlight. I'm like, oh, cool. That's yeah. one of that's one of our groups that's made it yeah. uh, into the public culture. And we've got our place at the table kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. too much lionizing. Or maybe I'm just nitpicking. I could totally be nitpicking right now. Well, I mean, like, I we need know, to make a podcast episode. Let me nitpick about something. <laughs> I mean, there's I do agree that I think people take 
or to maybe get too excited about that kind of thing or mm-hmm. make a big too much of a big deal out of it. Um, it's I think there's there's good reason to be you know to have positive recognition for the mm-hmm. church and mm-hmm. um, and Father Stu seems to be a movie generally like the target like the the sole goal of the movie is to like to show like a really crappy life and a redemption and like hope yep. and then the idea of Mark Wahlberg he, he probably theologically probably not you know i have no idea but probably yeah, not the, yeah. the solidest or most sound whatever but there's one thing that i've noticed from a lot of interviews and a lot of things like that of his is that he has like the utmost respect for priests so mm-hmm. if there's anything that you can trust about the movie is that he is trying probably he my guess is he is going to try to paint the a pre, the priest and priests in general in a good light because he has a lot of respect for just the, like the, the office of priest as far as i understand it but i mean i don't know he comes from an interesting background and mm-hmm. you, you have all these, I mean, you have our two Catholic presidents, you have Marky Mark, you have tons yeah. of people that are, I mean, uh, Mel Gibson made the passion mm-hmm. of the Christ. You have mm-hmm. all these like famous Catholics, mm-hmm. but like, <clears throat> do you feel like Mel Gibson hasn't lived the greatest life in the world either? No. Right. No, yeah. No. You're just going like, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know. No. Cool. No. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. He did a great, he did a really interesting um, interview for this one. Uh, rally i'll send the video sometime uh later after the podcast which we record but uh i don't know i mean like i wouldn't like i mean i'm a sinner i'm working on it i mean yeah. these people are sinners and are working on it and they deal really? with what's it vast, like no i'm just kidding <laughs> vastly different uh life circumstances right yeah. they're dealing with like you yeah. know handling of millions and thousands hundreds of thousands yeah. of millions of dollars and this 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 really like rampantly awful hedonistic uh, culture like like film culture and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. they're, they're dealing with very very different things so to see a guy who's like at least given a head nod and showing respect to priests rather than you know I mean you know Golden Compass which is just like an oh, old yeah. movie you know like mm-hmm. just oh, yeah, anti Catholic high like, school high school yeah anti Catholic book anti Catholic movie of all these mm-hmm. movies are constantly I mean my lady friend Kendra when uh, um, you know, uh, when, you know, when we first started dating and I started pointing out, it's like, yeah, you know, Catholics aren't, aren't too well received in the secular mm-hmm. culture. She was like, I really, like, I just really never really thought about Catholics or anything. And, uh, and then we started like watching movies cause I'm a big movie buff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she was like, Oh, Oh, that's really rude. Oh, that's not, Oh, in this movie. Oh, they make fun of priests in this movie too. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're doing it. And it just kind of became this big shock. So to see a one movie, at yeah. least one be like mm-hmm. more positive. Cool. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree with you that, and I I, I want to see it as well. And I think everyone listening should, all five of our listeners, uh, they should all go listen to it. Um, go see it as well. Um, no, and I definitely think that's an important um, aspect to have in the culture. That there's, I mean, you think of like Bing Crosby with the um, bells of Saint Mary, right? There's a very positive depiction of a priest. Um, Rewatch it. Why? I, Rewatch I it. It is a good movie. It, it is, is a good movie. It, I, a good movie. I always liked it. And my yeah. mama loved it growing yep. up, and yep. like I, I always liked it. But uh, you, you will. I after my formation at Christendom, I received different things from that movie than I did prior I to see. my formation at Christendom. So I would suggest it is worth a rewatch. It, it certainly is. It certainly is. And so I think there's like it's there's definitely that necessity of having that part of the culture and having an influence through those mediums. Um, mm-hmm. What I think hangs me up a little bit is when you start getting a little too happy that like the people in it or that there's like, this is where we kind of make it as Catholics. That's what I think gets me a little bit 
um, not worried, but a little hesitant to go in that direction that it's necessary to evangelize, but not lionize the people doing the evangelization, so to speak. Um, And that that can kind of, I guess, I don't know, like you made the point, like they're sinners just like us. And I think that's really important to see as well and not to be disappointed when it's not like this perfect sterling life as well. It's like, yeah, there's Catholics, good Catholics, bad Catholics. And I don't know. There's like the the whole idea of this, like not going away overboard with this thing Mm -hmm. is that like, you don't want to like be like, Oh yeah. Like we finally made it. Like we finally did it. And then this guy, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm not, Again, not going to assume anything about Mark or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you have, then you have like Mark Wahlberg take some terrible and make another Boogie Nights movie. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know. This guy's like in Boogie Nights. He's in Ted. Like, mm-hmm. that's not too far ago. Like, that's not Ted, 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 Ted is not a good movie. Right? Like, Ted, Ted not, 2, the yeah, sequel. Yeah, I've never never seen it. Just a little, maybe I've seen clips on YouTube. Just, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know much about him, but Cardinal Farrell Hall, is it what it's called? Oh, okay. I have no idea. I can't say. I think that's the one. Can't I'm not totally that. sure. Interesting. I think the one Cardinal. Yeah. But no, yeah. so I think that is no, I think there's this like a balance to uh to draw from from that. Um I guess that's what I'm saying. I really you, not 100 sure what I'm saying. What do you what do you think? Um what do you think about these movies or like I don't know, or like writers or things like that that are mm-hmm. have like historically well known lives lifestyles that are contradictory to faith trying to do something like this do you think that's like yeah we should root for them or or, or do you do you come at the you look no, at i think we should certainly root for them um i think that's an important part um i think it's like yeah no i mean you take the good along with the bad and when it's been mostly bad then you do actually definitely take the good because you know you take the bad with the good so take the the bad after the good or how you should devise it um no definitely i think that's that's a key part there's um i believe it was graham green um the writer who did was it the power and the glory mm-hmm. um he was he was catholic and he was just like he was a serial like adulterer mm-hmm. like he continued to commit adultery with many different women and his wife always continued to forgive him um and he went to this dinner party once uh, is on a Friday and he's with his mistress. It's this dinner party and they're serving meat and he's there with his mistress that he is currently committing adultery. Not yeah, He's committing, currently committing adultery with her. Right. Yeah. And he won't have the meat. He won't, he won't eat meat. Right. Cause it's Friday and he's a Catholic. And it's like, you sit there and you're like, okay, good. <laughs> like you don't, don't pile sin on top of sin, I guess. Um, but also why, <laughs> like, um, but yeah. I think that there, there's an interesting element where, I mean, in no way, shape or form, I guess, I'm not sure how Graham green like turned out. I'm, I, he might've repented by the end of his life. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. No, I don't, know. I don't know. Okay. So maybe let's just assume, let's assume the best that he did. Um, but it would be hard pressed to say that Graham green lived like a good Catholic life just yes. by the amount yeah. of times he could but you can still look at some of the books i've read a little bit of uh, his books um what was it the affair uncovered the affair uncovered or something mm-hmm. um and they're good they're good works they're really interesting fascinating characters and they struggle uh with you know different issues and they're character driven and so i think um realizing that just because they're catholic doesn't it doesn't put them, I guess, in this higher sphere of their, you know, that there's a common cultural like bond and obviously sacramental bond that we have with them. 
Um, but that doesn't necessarily all of a sudden turn them into like a hero. I guess yeah. that's that's where I'm that's where I'm putting it. Just because they're Catholic and they're in the public sphere doesn't equal hero. Saints equals hero. <laughs> like, but the rest of us sinners, we're just we're doing our best and we can take the good along with the bad. Do do you think we should do you think we should encourage uh people to get into this public sphere? Like that's another should there be more Catholic movie makers, or should we just be like, okay. hey, Here, here's the thing, here. folks. Uh, for a daily wire here, uh, we're gonna start uh, you know, a rabbi. A Catholic priest and a uh, Jewish imam walk into a bar and they say, "Don't woke, don't the woke suck." Okay, here. Um, no, um, I saw him in the airport uh, on my way back from Florida. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw you saw Ben Shapiro? In the yeah, 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 yeah. What'd you say to him? Hey, Ben. Uh, no, I, 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 he, he had his daughter with him, so I, I thought it would be extremely un- uncharitable to like accost him in the airport. You know what I mean? Oh, I chose, I chose not to, but I heard him. I heard him speak, and did it uh, sound as nasally as he sounds in? Yeah, yeah. The only, the only, the only thing that that it, like leaves any of it up to question is that he was wearing a mask. Oh, wearing a mask. I know you're supposed to wear a mask, but as soon as we went through security, we just like ripped everything off. And as soon as we sat on the plane, we put it back on. And then yeah. like, 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 you know, no one accosted us for not wearing a mask or anything. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I was like, oh, you was. I was like, <laughs> see, you can water. take the Californian out of California. Yeah, <laughs> shame. Uh, that's funny. I thought, I, yeah, if his daughter wasn't there, maybe I would have rung a bell and been like, shame, shame. <laughs> take the mask off. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, right? Because I've heard some, I've heard stories from some people who have tried to break into that whole environment, and that it's very, very. And I use this. I don't like using this word a lot, but it's very toxic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not good spiritually, emotionally, um, maybe not even physically. Who knows? Um, but it's just not good. So I don't know. I almost feel like you'd have to say no. I, I guess I'd have to lean towards that. You know, again, you know, this is maybe this is a weird calculus. Well, no, maybe it's not a weird calculus, but it's like you're a Catholic, but and you make inspirational some inspirational Catholic movies, but you also lose your soul. Yeah what was the point of those inspirational movies and, and films? You know, like what, what exactly was the point? Um, but then there was, what is it from J- the book of James where it's like, he who saves the soul of another will like he himself be saved or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if like that plays a role. God's like, Oh, well, okay. Well, did, but you made did, that cool movie and that one person like now repented. <laughs> so yeah. <you're> okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I sure hope for some of these people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I hope for myself. I hope for myself. But yeah, yeah, no, of course. I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, I. Part of me, part of me is my views on it are kind of evolving. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, should we even encourage? Like, you yeah, where young, did you go from? You say they're evolving. Let's hear the evolution. Process. Well, I don't know. For a while, I thought like, like you know, I thought like, yeah, I mean, like we should try to get good people in these mm-hmm. places and try to work through the places and like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like no, no amount of darkness can extinguish, you know, the, the light of a, like a, of a yeah. candle, of a single candle. So mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, you know, let's try to do that. But like, we're not talking about absence of light and light. We're talking about, yeah. I mean, we are talking like God's grace, of course, is like, you know, we're on the, we're on the winning team here and, and mm-hmm. God has already won, but um, just got to spike that football. I don't know. It's just, I feel like, yeah, I, I listened to some, you know, Kristen and people talk about, you know, like when you get into like movie industry or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'm thinking like, no, I like, I actually want to just like try to destroy their hope and dream in that and, <laughs> and be like, no, I think that's actually stupid. That's really mm-hmm. dumb. 
like you shouldn't do that. Try to become a great writer and just write. Mm-hmm. Just like become a great writer. Maybe it'll become turned into a movie someday, and you can have some sort of creative control over yeah. it. Like uh, whatever. But like, don't like like the, like there are these places that are. It's just like it's like hey, I I haven't I haven't been to you know a large body of water in ages, mm-hmm. but I heard that there is this giant irradiated pond that has brain eating bacteria. And uh, hey, at least the largest percentage of the chemicals in that pond are water. So I'm going to go take a swim in there because I just really want to go swimming. It's like, no, like, <laughs> like you're not going to be okay. Yeah. For a second, <laughs> I didn't know this was an analogy and I thought this was somewhere in your backyard. And I was like, okay, oh my God. No, 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 that, I mean, <laughs> you really clean that up. <laughs> no, it's actually, yeah, where I, where I live in, uh, where yeah, I live. Yeah. Um, I get what you're there saying. Is a, there is a small pond that I would never swim in. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, that's, a, that's a fair point. And also, I think I think just with the way technology has been going, it's more and more decentralized to begin with. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you have good content and good stories to tell, there's going to be a platform for you to yeah. produce that and to show that. Um, and so you can make the point of, well, you would have more of a platform if you made it in Hollywood. But if you looked at the chances of you making it in that environment, and being are, someone who's against nudity, who is against yeah. things with this gross stuff, who's against yeah. like all these evils, like yeah. you're not like yeah, you want to make it, yeah. Even and let's say even if you if you did make it okay, but even the chances of you making it are so astronomically low mm-hmm. that you would still have a bigger impact on the culture and on society by putting something up on YouTube and then promoting it. You'd probably get more, more eyeballs actually watching it than slaving away as like a two bit, like extra in movie after movie after movie. And then, okay, I need more money. So I'll go like shoot a porno or something. And then like finally making it right. Like you, you probably have more, you probably have more success on, on that. This is also the interesting thing uh, from the academic standpoint is uh, one of the things that always, I guess me, I don't say annoyed me, but um, at our alma mater, Christendom, that not many of the professors that are published. And to be, to be fair, I wish, I kind of wish more would. And I know Christendom and a lot of these Catholic liberal arts schools are all focused on teaching the students. And that's definitely true. And that's definitely absolutely fair. But the issue that I'm, that so the thing is, is like you, but you still do need those voices in the academic sphere as well, like putting out mm-hmm. research. And I've kind of become a little bit more tepid on, even though, you know, I enjoy writing and researching and publishing kind of nothing has came out. Yes. Yet. Got a couple things in the work. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Actually, the University of Dallas, I had some guys from University of Dallas ask me if I want to be in an edited volume. I was like, oh, maybe. Um, but, anyway, but like the, the rate of amount of material that's read mm-hmm. is so astronomically low. Yeah. You spend all this time and effort just to get the line on the CV and then maybe a couple of people read it. Um, the joke I've always had is like, what's the difference between like a historical monograph and a best-selling historical monograph or like a groundbreaking historical monograph? It's like about five more readers to cap out at 10. Like it's not, I mean, I'm being, I'm being cynical there, right? But, and so then linking that back to Christendom is that the professors at Christendom like you think of, you know, Dr. McGuire or Jay Skies as two examples, rest in peace to Dr. McGuire. Um, they had such a wider impact on intellectual development in like a net setting 
than so many of these other academics who write a book that a couple of other people in the academy read and then maybe argue about or think about or cite. And then that's kind of it. You know, the amount of like influence they had was, I think, quantifiably much higher, even though when I was talking to Brendan once, Brendan was just like, yeah, there's a hole in the middle of my CV. I've barely published anything. And he, he, he didn't, he didn't publish much. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he definitely could have, you put him in an R1 university and that guy's cranking out books. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that guy had a lot more impact. I would hazard if you like actually went through and looked at like how much impact it had on the thinking and the reasoning of people. I think the number is definitely stacked on McGuire's side just because he was a good lecturer and a good professor and just, yeah, I never thought about that way. Yeah. And that, that's the difference. Right. And so it's like, yeah, well, you know, the research is really cool and important and I like it and it's good. But at the end of the day, like what, what really makes an impact It's having that personal connection and being a great lecturer and inspiring people to want to study history, uh, which is something that not all academics are actually very good at, frankly. And that, and that brings in a question, just like other fields, like, uh, you know, talking about social media stuff. I mean, I, I know here we are having a, doing a podcast ourselves, but mm-hmm. um Wait, what? Uh, we're doing what? I thought we're just doing a Zoom call. <laughs> but uh, the uh, looking at looking at these things and saying, okay, well, these professors at this place have mm-hmm. a much more personal um, and direct impact and day to day experience of you know of you know these students and stuff, and so that their effect on them can be you know probably like it's like 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 what you're saying versus somebody who's in a movie and though it tells a really beautiful story mm-hmm. or a good story or an okay mm-hmm. story is not going to have the same personal effect. Like it could reach millions of people mm-hmm. and never crack, you know, a single like crack, you know, crack away at the armor of some, you know, mm-hmm. some kid's heart where they, you know, actually open up and like actually start engaging, you know, uh, academia and engaging mm-hmm. theology and cry like in, like in, in mm-hmm. prayer, like in the same manner. So I don't know. I, I am, more and more I think about things more and more. I'm like, do I really care about these like super, super modern, far reaching uh, uh, vehicles to disseminate, you know, Christ's love. I mean, like the farther we get away from us sitting across from each other and talking to one another, I feel like the less effective it's going to. It's true. Or is this just a a large dose of copium for us and our, our, Five person audience, <laughs> just like oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's the personal connections, man. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I do say I see what you're saying, though. I, I do, I do see what you're saying. Um, question though, what do you what what speaking of like large scale things, large scale media endeavors, uh, which movie do you think does the best job depicting Catholicism? Large scale movie. Large scale movie. Well, yeah. I mean. Like not just the I theology, really, but like I really the aesthetic hate, I, as well. I really hate and love the Passion of the Christ. So like, really, that's just like that's just that, like, that movie is just gnarly. Mm-hmm. That's just a gnarly movie. I mean, mm-hmm. for however inaccuracies or accuracies, people who made it, people who, like you know, people involved with it, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff is just really, really quite quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was the number one biggest, like most. Uh, it was like the number one movie for a number yeah. of years, yeah. like mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one, I'm just, you know, I'm, I mean, I try to watch it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I think, not, like, I think the C- well, CCC. Yeah, yeah. What I would, <laughs> what I would have to toss out there would be Calvary, um, which was, it was one 
movie man if i talk about it, i'm gonna kind of spoil it i'll try not to spoil it it's it's set in ireland around our time period maybe five or ten years in the past because it came out like five or ten years uh but it's about an irish priest who has a daughter but his daughter he was married and then his wife died mm-hmm. um and then is so he has a daughter from a marriage and then he becomes a priest um and that's just an incredibly raw real movie um because like almost all of his parishioners are just complete douchebags. Like they're all incredibly broken people. Um, Dylan Moraine, you know, Dylan Moraine at all? No. The Irish comedian. He's hilarious. Um, He's in it. He's in it. He's a rich guy um, who doesn't quite know what to do with all his wealth, but it's people really struggling with just different sins in a very, very obvious way. And the part that really um that really hits is it really grapples with the effects of the sex abuse scandal specifically in ireland but then of course you could say in many places across the world and the whole premise of the movie starts off with is um the very first scene this isn't really spoiling the very first scene he's in the confessional He's hearing confessions and this guy comes in. It's just focused in on him, on the priest sitting in the mm-hmm. confessional. And he, this guy just, instead of saying, oh, bless me, father, father, he just starts talking about his, him being abused by a mm-hmm. priest in the confessional. And then he says to this, the main character, he's like, he's like, father, like in seven days, I'm going to kill you. Like, not because you're a bad priest. I'm going to kill you because you're a good priest. Um, and so it's the priest then dealing with that for the next seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an incredibly raw movie. Um, and it really, the ending, I won't give it away because people really should watch it. Like you normally, you know, I'll watch the passion of the Christ around yeah. on good Friday or something. Yeah. One, one year I decided not to, I decided to watch Calvary instead. Mm-hmm. And that movie though, in a more, I don't want to say realistic way because the passion has its own like story that it's telling yeah but in a more real way in the sense because it was regular people more contemporary more contemporary yeah. it yeah. really hit what forgiveness is supposed to be like yeah. it really like it really got to you and i remember breaking down at the last at the final scene yeah. um with his daughter and, and, and an individual but like it really gets you with what forgiveness is supposed to be. And that, I think that movie for me really kind of embodies like the best way you can show Catholicism because it doesn't show Catholicism in necessarily a very good light. All the Catholics, they're like total hypocrites, right? They're like either sleeping around or they're drunks or they don't really care Mm -hmm. or they're whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, the actor for Littlefinger (laughs) from game of Thrones plays an atheist doctor, (laughs) which is really, yeah, he was really good in it. He's just like, he's kind of like this, this devil on the priest's shoulder because they obviously cross paths a lot because the priest goes to hospitals and stuff to, to give last rites. And then of course Mm -hmm. you got the atheist doctor, which is a little bit of a trope to be fair. Um, But it's still just, it just, it's a raw, it's a real movie. Um, That's yeah. That's when I visited Andrew up at the seminary, Mm-hmm. Um, they have in their cafeteria, they have pictures of all different actors who have played uh, priests 
And so you got Bing Crosby from the Bells of St. Mary up there. And then you've got, you've got, I forget who's the main character. He's the, he's a, he's a, he, he played Menelaus, Menelaus in uh, Troy. He's a big dude. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, big Irish guy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name. But no, that, that for me was a, that was a good, that was a good, that was a good one. So I guess the question is, does, um, does the, uh, Brendan Gleeson. Brandon Gleason. Brandon Gleason. Yep. Brandon Gleason does a good job of it. Uh, yeah. Aiden Gillian is in it. Dylan Moraine is in it. Oh my gosh. Dylan Moraine is so funny with that. <laughs> so good in that movie. You're, you're telling me that, uh, that silence is not at the top of your list. Oh, is that the one in, um, in Japan? Japan? Yeah. I don't know. No, I hadn't thought of that one. What do you, what did you make yeah, of that one? Don't it's awful. You think it's awful? Yeah. I think I think we I think I've ranted about it on the pot. No, you haven't. I haven't heard this rant yet. Oh, I think it's terrible. Why do you think no, it's I have? Because because uh, I because I ranted about Scorsese. I don't remember this. We were talking about what do you hate about it so much? I really I actually now want to know because I don't remember. So. Well, the book, the, the the actual the book was better. Give us an give us some original analysis here. <laughs> just the whole, the, book yeah, the, the whole book, the whole point of the book, besides telling the story, mm-hmm. was to leave the conclusions up to the reader completely. Oh, interesting. So you don't see him standing on the icon. It completely leave it up to the reader, and like they explicitly show a priest who was excellent explicitly show a priest who uh, faltered mm-hmm. and then they show the main priest and then you are explicitly explicitly left up to your own um, like to however you, you know, think about it, pray about it. And it's extremely affecting spiritually. Like if you, if you bring that with you into like your prayer life and things like that, it can be absolutely um, hours of interesting contemplation and things. But in mm-hmm. the movie, it, 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 it it just goes, it doesn't, it doesn't explicitly like give you like, I don't, I don't remember if it explicitly gives you everything, but it, it just pushes a little farther closer to um, a clearer conclusion. And, uh, and that, that's like, that so radically missed the point of the story. This man was writing um, yeah. about and, this, wrote and everything. Um, is a, it's on my, it's on my bookshelf. Uh, it's a Japanese. This is what we need, Jamie. Yeah, that's when you, Jamie. Yeah. Um, oh, I could go over there and look. Silent Services movie. Andrew Garfield, man, him in this long. He, he wrote. He wrote a couple other pretty solid stuff too, um, but all of it, all of it, kind of, all of his writings had very similar. Um, mm-hmm. They were hard, like hard stories, mm-hmm. interesting sales, but they were they kind of left. Up a lot to the reader to kind of come to grips with about mm-hmm. you know the realities of things and uh, as a Catholic the Catholic Church. Uh, oh, um, I'm gonna butcher this. Shuosaka Endu, Endo. Yeah, Endu. Yeah, Endu. Yep, Endu. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, cool. There's a copy paperback for like one dollar. Probably buy yeah. it. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good. What did What did you think um, when you read it? Do you think he? gave in or do you think he stood strong when you read it before you saw the movie oh i don't i don't actually i don't know i have no i don't think he gave in i don't know if he gave didn't give in i have no idea um, when you watch the movie you're like oh yeah he absolutely stepped on like absolutely yeah because yeah, that's that's what they show you 
Um, there's not much way to get around it (laughs) yeah in uh in the book it's it's one of the things it's not it's not full of like despair like it doesn't leave you like full of despair but it does make you reflect more explicitly on how you would or could respond to these Mm -hmm. sort of external threats Mm -hmm. to your internal disposition and love towards christ Mm -hmm. like devotion like your like your your faithfulness so the book Again, it's not like more, yeah, it's not more like um, mm-hmm. despair, like disparaging or anything, but mm-hmm. it explicitly helps you mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. put yourself into that role and say, all right, mm-hmm. well, how would I do? Like, how yeah. would I, and, and not, not like, oh, I would, yeah, I would freaking, yeah. I would, yeah. Watch, watch spiritual Superman. Over yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. Curb stomp these temptations, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, I'm better well done. Like, like, yeah, yeah no, we're, that, like, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, like really, really down, like yeah. looking at yourself internal, you know, um, kind of examination of conscience, but the movie is just trash. Cause it's yeah. like the biggest, so, one of the biggest points of it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> that's too bad. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting question. Is um, it was a episode I was listening to on um, the Thomistic Institute. It was a guy who gave a talk on kind of mental health and anxiety and things like that, but through the perspective of Thomism. Okay. Um, and it was definitely like great movie, made a lot of sense, or not great movie, great great talk. Um, but it was interesting because one of the things that um, hold on a second. I actually just bought the book. Um, <laughs> this is the only the second time I've bought a book during the during an episode. <laughs> Wait, what book? Uh, Silence. I just bought it. I've never Dude. read it. So I just went and bought it. <laughs> this is the second time I bought a book during That's the That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, when you see a book for like six bucks on Amazon, you're like, yeah. I mean, you're I losing it? money by not buying it. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so I guess what it was interesting because, you know, we think of when we think of temptations. Right in our modern 21st century contemporary American perspective mm-hmm. on temptations, you know, it's always sins of the flesh, right? It's always pleasure. It's always giving in. It's either lust or it's drinking too much or it's like whatever, right? It's, it's usually in those two categories. Um, and Aquinas actually makes the point that fear of death is actually a worse temptation. Like that's an actual worse temptation. The, the fear of losing your life is more powerful than temptations of the flesh. And it's also weird in our heads that we also kind of like, if you give in under temptation of the fear of death, that somehow it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, we kind of like, you have that perspective, like, oh, there's mitigating factors. Like what's the mitigating factor? Like death. And it's, it's weird how we think of that. Right. Cause like, I mean, again, this is not because I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, excuse me. I, I know what is and is not a mitigating factor for people. And I, you know, like the last time last week when I was in fear for my life for witnessing for Christ, I, it's just, no, I'm not going to obviously, but it, it kind of struck me where it's like, I don't know, like there's technically, I don't want to say there's not a good excuse, but Christ himself died. So, like, how could we do anything less? Like he died for us. Why couldn't we die for him? Kind of thing. And in our heads, we're like, no, but no, that's, you know, it's understandable why you throw a little bit of incense to the Roman emperor. You know, cause he's going to kill you. Right. You just, you know, you throw that and then you, you, you have forgiveness afterwards. And like, that's what, like why it was such a big deal. Um, after the Diocletian persecutions in like the three hundreds where it's like, can we forgive these people? Right. I, th- I forget who it was. Was it the Donatists? Forget who it was. 
There was, um, but there's a heresy where it's like, no, you can't forgive them. It's, it's over. That's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see the emotional attachment to that perspective. It's like, I know Saint so-and-so or martyr so-and-so, and they stood firm and they died. And, you know, now we have their relics and so-and-so and whoever they caved. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't I, like. I see how that could just be such. I don't want to say like a pertinent issue, but just how there could be so much emotional um, pull yeah. with with everything in that area. But and that, I mean th- that permeates both like Catholics and I mean like non-Catholics. I was actually it's so wild that you bring that up. This is the mm-hmm. this is now the third conversation that explicitly talk about the societal's just general fear of death. And like we do yeah, talk about I, death too many times. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, I know. I mean, do we have we actually? I don't know. I'm not sure we have. I don't know that we have. No, Memento we used Mori. to. That was more in the beginning. <laughs> Memento Mori. I don't know that we have. I yeah, I'm not sure, but I I, I certainly I I took uh, I took a former chairman and uh, or rather sometime chairman and uh, the uh, current secretary out mm-hmm. to um, to dinner and. Uh, yeah, what is your? I was just rambling and rambling and drinking a martini and enjoying Shaking, my not stirred. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> going and uh, um, enjoying my salmon. Um, and like we started. I don't know how we started talking about it, but we did. And that came up. It was just like this weird cultural, uh, like just like like societal fear, and um, how better mm-hmm. equipped Catholics have the ability to be. Mm-hmm. Not always are, but have the ability to be to deal with mm-hmm. you know certain like hardships and tragedy and and de- and just death as a concept and death as mm-hmm. a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious in like that in relationship to some of these like to bring it back to the movies and stuff or just like general pop culture stuff is like I wonder I wonder if that's like a healthy fear of death is why Mark Wahlberg's trying to make this movie. You know what I mean? Or make movies mm-hmm. wants to make movies like this. Is it? I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if. I wonder if in his like private meditations, it actually clicked to him. And like he's like, Mori. yeah. And like, and okay, I'm not going to be like the other movie stars that are sacrificing children and probably going to like evil, like bollock rituals. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do that. Epstein's Island. Yeah. And I'm, like instead that. I'm going to like sit here and think for a second. And then he starts thinking for a second. And he's like, oh wait, I'm actually going to die. Yeah. And I could, there's like there's a finality and i'm coming towards it and maybe i should start doing something in in, in what in what way i I wonder if it is out of like a generous yeah general like um genuine earnestness Mm -hmm. um and like maybe a record like a i don't know he should just get his body frozen man yeah pyrogenics yeah whatever it was called that's what you should do be like yeah cry yeah cryogenic yeah, we know cryogenesis for him. We'll, yeah, no, we'll put we're, him in we're, touch. We're, we're, we're experts on this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think that's true. Um, I definitely think there's true. I mean, I also wonder if he's looking at because he mentioned he wants to do more of these. Um, yeah. Part of me wonders if he looks back at some of the. Uh, this is again not because I'm in like in, in inner circle or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I got some, uh, but just like you know, let's say he's taking Catholicism seriously, but obviously has faults. He might be looking at some of the movies he made and been like, man, I got to make a tone for that. You yeah, know, I'm how, curious. How, how, I'm how, curious. Many, how many people like did I lead into sin with with, you know, Ted or something like that? Yeah. Right. To You know, how much, how much did I debase myself and like 
things that I, as a Catholic technically should hold as important. How many, mm-hmm. like with sexuality, like how much did I debase that? Yeah. In these other movies. Um, maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Again, I, I mean, if I get to heaven, he gets to heaven. God willing. I'll ask that him. Would be awesome. Hey man, by the way, what's, what's the pack? What's your deal? <laughs> He'd be like, ah, Oh, you're coming in here. Oh, you're coming in here with this Midwestern accent. I'll ask me all these questions. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a good question. I mean, he should go to heaven for his role in The Departed alone. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. He was a good character. He was a pretty darn good character. I mean, he's the best character he's in the that best whole character in that movie. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those moments when he has those scenes where he's swearing back and forth, and it's it's just like it's swearing, but it's so eloquent. There's a certain <laughs> eloquence to it. It's like no, any two bit random person can just say the f word but there's a certain art art to it yeah exactly there's a, there, there there can be ways that it is said in such a circumstance that you it reminded me a little bit of being at six flags among the mechanics because like those guys all knew how to swear like it's like this, uh it's like that other great catholic movie which no one should watch but i will probably watch at some point over the next couple of weeks is boondock saints where uh, they talk about the use of uh, of the f word and uh, the really? point where the guys the guy the guy starts exclaiming and, and uses the f word like every other word and then his his brother his brother says something along the lines of wow you really showed the versatility of the world word there didn't you <laughs> and it's like oh my gosh oh man back when I was back when I had more of a foul mouth before I really kind of reined it in um, I was I was at Six Flags and there's like a whole bunch of different cast of characters there. There's like just across there's everyone from Midwestern farmers to like British army to like Australian Navy. And I'm hanging out with the guy who's in the Australian Navy, who somehow had made it to America's work. And so he's a mechanic and I'm I'm dropping F bombs here and there. And he's, he's finally, he looks at me. He's like, he's like, Tommy, you shouldn't be saying that word. You shouldn't be saying that word. I'm like, what do you mean, Jeremy? I see. I hear you saying it all the time. You like in the morning, Jeremy would be like, hello, good morning. And he'd give you the finger like that was his good morning to you. It's like, what are you calling me out for this? And he looked at me. He's like, you don't you don't you don't sound like you know how to say it. You just shouldn't <laughs> say it. I was like, oh, wow. It wasn't even like a moral issue. It was like, you just sound cringe saying it. I was like, all right, shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> It was kind of funny. Like, okay, this I know I've been shamed. I've been seriously shamed. If there's, if there's anything to be bad at, that's a good thing to be. He's just like, you bad just don't, at. You I mean, don't know you know what you're doing. I was like, okay, thanks, man. I mean, I'm, it's not it's not like it's not like necessarily like a skill that you know you're gonna you hold up. Endeavor to. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You don't set out to be good at at you know that kind of you know crass no, language of error. But I jog my own. I jog my own memory. Boondock Saints. What an interesting movie. That's kind of like a movie that takes Catholicism, makes it a caricature mm-hmm. and uses like uses. Cause like we man longs for, you know, we have the, you know, God sized hole in our hearts. We try to fill with everything, but only fill with God. Um, but we like, we long for ritual, you know, the mm-hmm. eternal things like yeah. that. And so I feel like, Boondock Saints is one of those movies where it's just like, I mean, you can watch it in one sense and be like, oh, you're Catholic, you know, blah, like doing this thing, mm-hmm. like bad, tough guy, like mm-hmm. tough, hard light, you know, brothers. Yeah. yeah, brother. Like you can watch it in that context, like that lens, but then you can also watch it and be like, hey, is this, are these guys, are these guys appropriating my culture? <laughs> like, are these, 
That's is this what it feels like? <laughs> is this what it feels like? This is that's that's fair. Now, is it Irish culture or is it a uh, Catholic culture? Well, I mean, that's a whole that's, that's a whole a, another that's yeah. a whole another question. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like, oh, well, they're you know, it's Irish culture, but it's also Catholic. I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't think you can you can look at a movie where they're, you know, they're praying, you know, they're saying these prayers and they're walking around the rosaries and they're going into mm-hmm. the, I go into the church during mass and everyone ignores them and they go and kiss the crucifix. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone just completely ignores these two right. random dudes. Yeah. I don't think you can, right. I don't think you can look at that and say like, Oh yeah, they're appropriating Irish culture. That, nah. That's true. That's fair. The confessional nah. scene also. Yes. Where like, yeah, everyone's pointing a gun at each other in the confessional. That's another interesting thing is um, I, I feel like movies have a little bit of an obsession with confessionals. Yeah, yeah. Because it's in it's Bruges. A, oh, wait, you say again? In, in Bruges. I haven't seen that one. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, we had a guest on a couple episodes, two episodes ago, three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, Burns. Project. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one of her favorite movies. Really? Okay. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you should watch it. But I think what's interesting is you watch, if you do partake of this, which you should do in only limited roles and for only specific series. Um, but one of the interesting things that I've seen what anime will do is mm-hmm. they'll have interesting character dialogue with the, where the characters having a discussion with themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very specific focus on what the character, like you see this on Attack on Titan, where mm-hmm. the characters don't know what to do and they're figuring out the moral quandary they're in but you hear what they're thinking in some ways Mm -hmm. it's pretty realistic right Mm because you don't just like not think in words you use whatever your mother tongue is or you can use maybe a different language if you're that fluent in it to Mm -hmm. think like what you know should i do here and in some ways it's like it's a very um it's a very interesting storytelling aspect right Of, of, of way of doing that Western movies and TV shows don't really do that as much, right? Like if you remember in Breaking Bad, when Break, when uh, when um, oh, wait, Walter White? Why am I? That's the main character. I've never seen Breaking Bad though. So there's one scene where the main character, um, why am I forgetting his name? It's Walter White. Yeah, Walter White. Yeah, Walter White. Yeah, where he murders someone, mm-hmm. and you see him going through the moral issues because he kind of like has to kill this person because they know he knows that they know too much. And, he's you know a gangster and he's gonna so it's like he's not like he's murdering an innocent person right he's in murdering someone who might then turn around and actually kill him um mm-hmm. but again it still makes it murder oh and it makes people, it totally okay they yeah, no, no, it's a totally so it's like preemptive self-defense right yeah. um, but anyway yeah, like, that's he's like, great he's, he's he's going through a list and he's going through like why i should do this and why i shouldn't do this and right on the why he shouldn't do this he's like it's wrong and so that was interesting. It was still showed what he was going through and he was going through a moral mm-hmm. quandary, but it showed. Whereas it was interesting with, if it had been an anime, he totally would have been monologuing that whole like showing. So I don't know, maybe you yeah. can make the argument that showing is better than telling, um, yeah. but that is an interesting um, difference in it. The way that I've, I think to get it back to the confessional, how a lot of movies do this is that the confessional is just this area of showing oneself because you're talking about things that you aren't particularly proud of mm-hmm. to another human being. And I feel like movies and a lot of media use that as a medium of being able to have the character out loud, confess something internal about themselves mm-hmm. that generally is like, 
it's a set regulated space in which when you go into the confessional, you're not going into the confessional for any other reason other than to have an awkward, like quasi awkward conversation with the priest. Right. And since there's that established boundary, movies use that for their, I want to say for their advantage, but for the story's own advantage, where it's like, this is very set and it's a common cultural norm that we kind of all for better or for worse know about. Yeah. Um, no matter how like distorted our perspective of it might be. And so it's interesting like that. That's a very, very, very Catholic thing. Like even Orthodox don't have confessionals, right? You stand in yeah. front of the icon of Christ as like the Supreme judge and the priest talks to you. You don't have a like little box to, to yeah. sit in. Um, so I think that's, that's an, an Irish invention. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's um, there's an interesting um, there's a chronicler um, who is writing about where priests should hear confessions in the Middle Ages when they didn't have confessionals, mm-hmm. and they said men can go behind the altar with the with the confessor to say their sins and stuff, but mm-hmm. women should do it in the nave in front of everyone. I was like, that's really interesting. That's that's very, very that's, interesting. That's very fascinating. That's very fascinating. It's like, no, it should be in public. And it's it's to essentially try to protect both parties. Huh. It's like, huh. Interesting. But, yeah. yeah, the uh the I mean, like, think of all the different confessional scenes. I mean, you have uh uh Zorro, the modern Zorro movies, they use a confessional, but they really? use it in a really gross way. Mm-hmm. Um, you have in Bruges confessional scenes, you know, you have uh Boondock scenes, confessional scenes. You've got this Calvary mm-hmm. um, opening scene is a confessional scene. scene. Confessional scenes. Yeah, you have a, like a big fascination and use. Of, I guess it is really just this like big fascination because um, mean- you have people. Pro- I mean, there's probably a lot of people who are you know former Catholics involved. I mean, like oh. every mm-hmm. every best musician is an, is an ex Catholic. Yeah, like every you know big probably like majority of the big movie stars had some sort of like were you know you know not all of them or majority of them but a lot of these big movie stars whatever these big huge famous people excellent mm-hmm. in their fields whatever all former mm-hmm. Catholics which is super heartbreaking mm-hmm. but um but for all these people you know on the outside looking in it's you know you think like you go you go and you sit in this space either face to face or behind a screen whatever you go you go into this little space and you like talk about the weird like the the things you screwed up like yeah you, like you you like go through this like laundry list of whatever and oh, maybe a laundry list for you michael I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i mean My, mine's yeah. mine's like an aldi's receipt. i wear the same i wear the same out like three outfits in in rotations my laundry list is pretty short um <laughs> but uh the, that was a joke i don't same two out same two outfits um yeah same, same outfit i just changed hoodies um no i uh this is all true not true i'm kidding no i'm not it's fine um but uh, we'll leave it like silence up for the viewers to yeah 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 you, you, we report you decide fox news you're welcome um but so I don't know. There just seems like this interesting fascination with people. It's like, wait, you actually do this? Like, maybe, maybe it's an admiration. Uh, maybe it's kind of like a like a sick fascination. Like a I don't know, but, but it is. But you're you're right. You're absolutely right. They do. Pop, I never noticed that. They, like, it's yeah. specifically the confessional pops up a ton in in like these like uh, in movies and media and stuff. Yeah, it's a yeah. very easy like trope to use. Very easy to plug it in. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I need an honest emotional conversation put in a confessional because that's yeah. where supposedly well, which is funny. It's like you because like every nobody like 
they never really show confession for what it is, right? It's always like yeah. a really like emotional, like either it's totally jaded and stupid and just raunchy and dumb, right? Or it's yeah. like, I'm confessing murder and all the other horrible things. And it's like, bless me, Father Fives, and uh, yeah, I was uncharitable and, uh, you know, like something like that, right? And he's yeah. like, okay, cool. Um, Well, and then you do some pretty good, sometimes good advice, sometimes not. And you're just like, okay, cool. Say this, great. Like, yeah, that's what I that's what I want to see. I want to see a movie, and they're always empty. There's always no one else going to confession. That's true. That's true. That's a that is complete fake news. That and like complete fake news. I want to go to confession. It's like, oh great, there's no line. Yeah, and then it's like some old lady who you know the worst sin she committed was like becoming annoyed when she accidentally dropped her like coffee or something and she's going to take an hour and you're like what what <laughs> come on <laughs> i i have i have confessed to priests that i was thought uncharitable things about them because of how long their confessional line was <laughs> Wait, like cuz you com- you said that after oh to the priest <laughs> I have literally done this. Like as literally... you were sitting in the confessional line, you were like, I better like confess this. No, I, cause I would like start thinking really terrible things. Cause I, I would get there and I'd be like, Oh, they're, like they're, that line's super long. I'll go to this line. No problem. I'm like, all right. And then I'm in the line and, and there's like, say there's like five people in front of me and there's 14 people on the other line, the five people, 13 more people will come in and go through before I get wow. to the front of this line. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Like, doesn't he know? like, what if something happens? What if I like, what if I could, or like a, a meteor comes through the roof of the church <laughs> or an I-beam just breaks or fall. I don't know. Just something. Yeah. What if some gunman comes in and just shoots me down. And then I, <laughs> and then I get to the, then I get to the front and I was like, and I think to myself, wow, I'm a terrible person. Like, this is so bad. What is wrong with me? And then I'm thinking of my you know, own salvation before like the other four people in front of me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then you know, then then I, I have actually said to a priest, uh, I thought unterrible things about you waiting in line because of how long. <laughs> and oh, oh my god, this kind of thing has happened multiple times in my life, and I've and 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 uh, and every single time that that kind of thing has happened, the priest has been like awesome about it. Has been yeah. I was about to ask. I was like, do, do you want to share like what the reaction was? The yeah, the most to, the most in most recent. In most recent memory, uh, I think he said something along the lines of, uh, well, I'm glad you still came to confession. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, luckily, this <laughs> podcast isn't, doesn't have the seal of yeah. confession. <laughs> and that only applies to priests, not us. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's great. Hey, Easter's um, coming up. That's true. Easter's I'm looking forward to Easter. Yeah, I uh I'm really excited for this Easter in oh, particular. It's very oh, exciting. That's right. Yeah. Why? It's uh Easter above Easter's because someone uh very close to me is, is coming into the church. Oh yeah, nice. it's pretty awesome. And then like and then I you know, I, I kind of I'm kind of taken back because this whole spring is like this it's it, the, the spring in for my family this spring like the next 2 months for my family mm-hmm. um will there like things that are going on with like receiving of the sacraments for nieces and nephews and stuff like that oh, really awesome. beautifully represents mm-hmm. um like the liturgy in the church. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of um a lot of nieces and nephews 
uh, with like awesome receiving sacraments and things. And then, you know, someone's really close to me coming into the church this Easter. It's kind of cool. Like the season of spring, new life, new, yeah, like, new yeah. and it's, and it's reflected explicitly in the sacraments, at least for uh, my family in a big way, this, this particular uh, Easter season and spring. I mean, we're still in Lent right now, but yeah. um, I'm pretty, we're I'm pretty amped, there. dude. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, there's something cool because like um, the medievals had this idea that God imprinted salvation history on the seasons as well. Mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like winter is like the old Testament kind of before the coming of Christ. Um, and then in the middle of the darkness comes Christ in, in Christmas. And then you get to springtime rejuvenation rebirth. That's when you get Easter. And that's just like, it fits so perfectly when you think about the way the celebration works. It's it pretty just, awesome. It fits. And yeah. you have, you know, falling is kind of fall is kind of like a, like a dying of things. Yeah. And eschatological and w- like winter. Yeah, yeah. Winter is, is like Christ in the tomb. Mm-hmm. Easter, it's yeah. spring. Right, yep. right, right. It's just this whole beautiful imagery that God yep. has kind of just put in, into nature itself. Yep, and it fits so congruently between yeah. the way the different, um, just the way the, the different aspects of the church calendar works with the physical and natural awesome. settings. Yeah. Yep. How about that this Lent? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, pretty good Lent. Pretty good Lent. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I might. Well, I, I think everyone, if you're listening to the two of us, have made it through our rants of Mark Wahlberg's and Mel Gibson's and movies. And you should, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. Make that your Latin, make, make that your Latin uh, penance. Mm-hmm. And yes, and make sure someone else can be penitential and share it with them that you think would like it. Yeah, there you go. We're getting we're getting you to heaven. That's yeah, exactly. That's exactly. All aboard the train. <laughs> yeah, and try to get someone else to heaven. You know, like, yeah. you need to listen to this. Lent isn't going to last forever here, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lent's not going to last forever. So get it while it's hot. Like yep. and subscribe. So it doesn't become hot later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. oh we're making shirts. <laughs> TM, everybody. TM. TM, little C with a little circle around it. Yep. That's ours. There you go. That's cool. Cool. All right. Well, you have any last words of wisdom? Punch out here. Uh, Try to get on my level with excitement when it comes to this Easter. That's that's ooh, that's more like a challenge. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> that's true. We get a bunch of mail. Be like, <laughs> yeah, they just get a bunch of mail. Like, yeah, man, I'm like confirmation sponsors. Mike confirmation. <laughs> all these, all these people are like, I've been wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> no one is like excited. <laughs> Easter is I am. doing Exodus ninety, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't really have anything. I don't know. Come on. Oh, I'm getting my students to read Aquinas on usury. Oh, let's go. Not with you. I'm not, not usury is bad, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's get some usury here. Usury. usury. Yes. Yeah, usury. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I really want to see how they do reading Aquinas. I'm really curious. That's going to be awesome. I'm just going to let's go. Be like, guys, it's been way too many memes that I've seen of, of Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor with gangster sunglasses and a blunt. <laughs> You guys, you haven't seen the meme pages I've seen. <laughs> Tommy Aqua Summa Meme Logica had a good run back five years ago. It's not there anymore. <laughs> I've seen too many images. Tommy Aqua and these meme pages have smoked more blunts than any of the rest of you combined. <laughs> Maybe I won't talk about that. I'm so I'm I'm intrigued. I want to hear about it when yeah, you when, when, well, when you right, here's my word of advice. Don't skip leg day. I'm gonna go do leg day. Skip leg day. I'm gonna go do legs in a half hour or so.
Mark Wahlberg does in the morning. I do in the evenings. Way to discuss <laughs> and see fathers too. I really do want to see it because I really think yeah. I didn't hand this. I want to put it like real quick. I still think it like although I don't want to make it sound like I was negative about Mark Wahlberg and his Catholic face because who am I? No, you did. Like, you weren't. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Who am I to judge? Right. Um. I just am worried about the lionization and hero kind of like. Oh yeah. Well. Cool. He's like that means he's yeah. awesome. I'm like no, he's just Catholic. He's like the rest of us. Yeah. But I do think it's important for us to see this movie that it is important to get these types of movies into the culture more and just to normalize these kinds of stories. If it is a good story, which I, at least Matt Fred seemed to think it was. So I'll take, I'll take Maddie Matt's word on it. Um, but I even think that, I think that's, that is an important aspect that granted it's, it's, like the movie like movie industry is going to do it because it makes them money so like let's not <laughs> let's not make any bones about this not think like, like <laughs> having a come to jesus moment like no they're just trying to tap into a new market and i think it yeah. is though also with that knowledge it is important to realize yes there is a market for like not seeing 50 shades of gray right and stuff yeah. like that yeah. right which i did yeah. watch just a little bit of them it's just it's it's i didn't i, I stopped about half hour in it's actually Good. pretty. If you view it as a comedy, it's actually pretty funny. No, it's no. so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I, I, I stopped before we got in anything really. Else. Good. Like this is, but it was such a dumb movie. Burn that down. Yep. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's a good word, wisdom. Burn it all down. Yeah, burn it all down. I would raise my glass, but it's it's captured a bug right now. That needs to release. Yeah, Take the bug well, now. Save the bug and don't don't kill it. Let it go. Yeah, I think Let it's it drunk. Fun. Because it's hey. there's vodka in there, so hey, tell him to fly home safe. Then. <laughs> Let him go. That's fair. That's fair. Cool. All but, right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, and sorry for the bad imitation.